0: whoa 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 hang on a moment yes you know what time it is this is jen your host and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself and every week on this show i'm gonna help you use your voice stand in your power and operate from a place of self Hello, my love, and welcome to this edition of Hang On a Moment. Today, we're going to talk about hard, difficult, icky, and yucky emotions because we will have exposure to these on the regular. Life is not plain sailing, and a big part of having agency in it in yourself is being able to counter balance negatives with positives, and also embracing some of those feelings. When we have hard emotions, they are normally giving us a message. They are telling us that something needs attention. Obviously, when we have great emotions like happiness, joy, um, love, we recognise those We don't need to dissect those because we know already they're giving us positive feedback into our brain and into our body. So we recognize those. There's no kind of question about what those emotions mean because we feel great. But hard and difficult emotions, you know, they're not easy to navigate. And me included, and I'm sure most of you who are listening to this, we have a tendency to camp out in our difficult emotions. and. That's okay because those emotions are there for a reason. And if you ignore them, that's going to do more harm than good. And as I've spoken about in previous episodes, you know, that can create illness, it can create dysregulation, it can create levels of trauma, and it can bring around different tendencies around people pleasing, fawning, or even, you know, other elements of um, fight or flight. And what we really want to be able to do as somebody who has full control over their life and themselves, is to own all of our emotions, no matter how hard they feel. So life is full of stressors, okay? Relationships, work, financial situation, our home life. That is just the surface level. When we get under the surface, it's the relationship we have with ourselves. It's the desires we have for our life. It's the goals that we've set or that we haven't set, it's the past, it's the world around us, and it's also our physical and mental health and that can come as a result of all of the things that I've just mentioned but they can all throw us major and minor curveballs in life and this is what brings around the emotions. So you may or may not have heard of big t's and little t's and in the world of trauma that basically means big traumas and little traumas and so a big trauma could be something like a very serious life-threatening illness, it could be a car crash, um, it could be um sexual assault it could be um abuse and um they are big traumas that affect people and will make changes and imprints on their nervous system that will then affect physical and mental health and that will obviously have an impact on emotions and dysregulation little teas are things that aren't seemed on the surface to be so serious as those things i've just mentioned but they could be um accumulation over time. So for example, if you're having, you know, continuing troubles with trying to conceive, or if you are um, having issues with your financials, if you are having issues with relationships, if your career is not able to get off the ground, and you keep having blips and situations where either you're not performing or you're being um, disrespected. Um, and then it could be things like ongoing health issues. It could be a myriad of all of those things. And they will cause little traumas in your life. And what we mean by little teas is really kind of like high levels of stress um, that come up and, you know, sort of crop up you know, throughout life. And, you know, I've been no stranger to having periods of life where there has been a lot of little T's and I've also had some big T's as well. And it's the accumulation of those over time that can create issues, but also when it becomes a situation that's quite acute as well. So, you know, another way of looking at um, life's kind of, you know, um, pendulation, if you like, is when we go, you know, life's in periods of, um normality and everything feels great. And then we go to other times where we come into acute stress, burnout, overwhelm. And so that might be um, going through a divorce. Again, that's also potentially classed as a little T. Um, moving property. Um, that's obviously it can be quite overwhelming, it can be very stressful. Um, starting a new job, um, dealing with a redundancy, which might also be classed as a little T. Um, supporting somebody who's going through a health challenge, um, dealing with, um, a family member who's got challenging issues and so they can be acute situations but it could also be chronic you know so you might have chronic overwhelm you might have chronic burnout you might have chronic stress and they especially in women can come at times of things like the perimenopause or the menopause um, they can also come as a result of long-term health issues it can come as the result of an unhappy marriage it can come as the result of ongoing struggles with financial situations so there's lots of things and if I'm guessing anyone that's listening to this can absolutely pinpoint at least three of those things that has happened to them because you know life is not a bed of roses I mean it would be amazing if it was and so I think that's why we have to you know embrace our hard emotions and see these as fuel and when we're getting all the ick about all of these horrible things that are happening there's usually usually a lesson or a blessing in the message. And when we're in it, we can't usually see it, but sometimes we can. But usually when we look back, we realize that there was a big change happening. And, you know, that was what was creating some of these hard emotions. But emotions, they speak at volume, and they convey their truth. And if we don't listen to the hard ones, yet we listen to the good ones, How are we ever going to know what we need to do? So when we're feeling joy, when we're happy, when we're loved, we do more of the same, yeah? We we go into that space because we're like, this feels great. I'm embracing it. I'm going to stay here. This feels amazing. Obviously, we run away from hard emotions. Some people suppress them. Some people camp out there. Um, But either way, nobody likes them and they're not there to be liked. It's almost like the devil in the detail. It's like a hard emotion isn't there to be liked, but usually there is a message. And generally, they are trying to give us the catalyst for change. There's something that isn't working for us that's creating this negative energy, this negative emotion. And therefore... The longer you avoid that message, the longer you don't allow your emotions to convey their truth, then the lack of clarity you will have on where you need to go, where your next step needs to be. So, you know, they are a message that you definitely do not want to ignore. And at your peril, please do that because you will become sick mentally, physically. You will abandon yourself and potentially abandon others. And ultimately, then you'll just create more of the same chronic, acute stress, burnout, overwhelm, little T's, and then possibly big T's. So what we don't want to do is get ourselves into a situation where we just become this ongoing cycle. And it's hard, trust me, to sometimes break that cycle. But there is a chance to do it. And that is what I'm going to share with you today. So what I would want to um, challenge you on really is, accepting that your emotions come to you from a place your hard emotions come to you from a place of love and power okay now we never see this we are never ever expecting our tough emotions to come with love and power but let's switch that round and what we really need to do is embrace all of our hard emotions digest them so sit into them, embody them, let them stay, and then unpick them. Because if we do not look at this, we will never learn and we won't hear the message. So what I'm going to do today is I'm really just going to give you a little bit of a hack, a bit of a, well, it's a bit of a masterclass on how to deal with negative emotions, but I'm going to give you a hack for each of the emotions that I'm going to talk about today on how we can reframe them. And reframing is something that's a pretty cool thing to do and can be quite hard. So you need to be quite brave. But I'm going to try and give you a little bit of a masterclass, a short masterclass on how to do that. So first of all, when we have a difficult emotion, some of us don't want to feel it. So we do everything in our power to avoid it, to ignore it, to silence it. We might self-soothe with alcohol, with drugs, with sex, with gambling, with socialising, with anything that allows us to avoid that negative feeling. But if you do that, you're missing your message. So you want to sit there and you want to feel it in your body. Now you don't want a negative emotion to control your body, okay? But what you do want to do is feel it. And you want to feel where it is in your body. So it's all this somatic work. And also, where in your body does that resonate? So, you know, for example, you know, grief and loss and sadness, you know, it might be in your chest area, in your heart area, because obviously you're feeling loss and pain and sadness. Um, if it's anger, if it's fear, it might be in your stomach, your gut, Okay, so you'll be feeling different sensations and also it might reach out into your limbs as well. But generally, emotions are felt in our nervous system. So ideally, you want to see where is that in your body, feel it in your body and recognize what it's doing to your body. Because once you start doing that, you are slightly more able to engineer mechanics of this emotion because you can see it and feel it and it's there so what I want you to do once you feel it in your body is name it so for example you don't need to name it anything abstract you can just say right I am in fear right now or I am in so much rage or I am just feeling so confused I'm feeling absolutely lonely I'm really lonely I'm feeling so guilty Um, and you know The list will go on. We'll talk about the list in a minute, but you want to name it. So where are you feeling it in your body? So it might be a really tight chest and you might say, you know what, this, I've got such a tight chest today and I know that this is coming about because I am just feeling so sad, so sad. And then you might say, and you know, as a result of feeling sad, I've recognised that my posture isn't normal. You know, I'm kind of hunching my back and I'm dropping my head. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, feeling proud I'm not feeling good I'm feeling closed off to the world so you know it's like once you feel it in your body and you name it it's like articulate that a little bit more you don't have to write it down you don't even have to say it out loud but obviously you know when you do if you write it down or say it out loud it's becoming a bit more of a thing rather than just letting it pass as a thought in your brain you might even have a buddy or a coach or someone that you can talk to about how you're feeling then what I want you to do this is a really interesting part I want you to colour. I want you to colour that emotion. okay? and we are going to go through the emotions now with a colour. Now, these are my colours. These don't have to be yours. But I'm going to run through the emotions that I'm talking about today. And I'm going to give them a colour. So if I'm talking about fear, for me, fear is black. If I'm feeling sad, it's grey. If I'm feeling grief, it's black. Anger and rage, it's red. Confusion, it's like a dark blue. Like the ocean, I can't see anything. Or the dark sky, like I cannot see anything. Loneliness, it's grey. My life has got no colour in it. Jealousy and envy, you know, the, the archetypal colour for this is green. But it's a dark green, okay? It's like a dark, horrible... Foresty envy like green guilt. I'm gonna color it blue, it's like a dark blue, and uh, yeah, I'm they're my colors, so that I'm coloring my emotions. So I could say, as I said before, you know, I'm feeling very sad, this is where it's in my body, and that feels gray to me, okay? So you can color your emotion as and when it arrives, you don't have to have. A set color for your emotions, although you might want to do that. You might want to do this as an exercise and actually write down all the emotions you think you ever go through on a regular basis and give them a color so that you can associate with those because we're going to do some re engineering work. So watch this space. <laughs> but what I want you to do when you have this emotion and that once you've felt this emotion, you've named it and you've colored it, is I want you to actually set a timer to consciously embody this emotion. Now, You might be in the middle of a day's work, so you know you might only be able to spare five minutes, if that okay. But I want you to go for a period of between five and 30 minutes, and I want you to devote every single ounce of your being to that negative emotion that negative, difficult, hard, whatever you want to call it, because it feels negative at the moment because it's making you feel icky, it's making you feel weird. Okay, I want you to sit there and I want you to embody it. And I want you to devote all of your energy to it, but knowing that eventually that's going to pass. It's not going to stay. Emotions come and go. okay? but it's come here for a reason. And that message is what you will gain when you sit and consciously devote your energy to that emotion. So give it five to 30 minutes, whatever is possible for you at that time. Now, ideally, what you want to do when you devote all your energy to it is sit in silence is find a place where you can literally just sit there in stillness and feel it and be mindful. So we're talking about being mindful when we say embody it and devote your time to it. It's really giving it all of the energy that you have so that you can give it the airtime it needs. This, This emotion needs to tell you something, so you need to listen. And then, ideally, again, what I'd like you to do, especially if you have access to a journal... If you don't, get out your mobile phone and do this. I want you to journal with two columns, okay? So let's say you are feeling sadness at the moment. You're going to sit there after you felt it in your body, after you've given it its colour, which is grey, you're going to time yourself. You're going to sit there for five to 30 minutes and you're literally just going to feel that sadness. And as you sat there, thoughts are going to come into your mind, feelings are going to come into your body and I just want you to embody that for that moment in time and listen to what it's trying to tell you. And then I want you to journal all of the negative words in your mind that that emotion has evoked. So just free write. doesn't matter how many you can find. I mean, you might only find five, you might find 50, but just do it until you feel like you can't get any more words out. So just get those emotions out on papers so you know sadness it might be unfair it might be the name of the person that's made you sad it might be um, self-loathing it might be unfairness it might be anger so you know it might bring in other feelings it might you might write down um, gut pain you might write down tears sadness crying, whatever. Just write all those negative things, the things that came about that made you feel negative out or you were embodying that emotion because you need to get it out of the system. So write it down, journal it into your book or onto your phone. That might only take you a few minutes. Once you've done, I want you to switch it around. And what I want you to do is look at all of the positive words that that emotion has evoked and you can dig deep and you will find positive words so I'm going to give you an example with all of the emotions I'm talking about today but I'm just going to focus on sadness so sadness as I've just expressed is going to bring about things like pain um hatred hurt um uh crying, tears, that's going to be in negative words. And then in your positive words, you're going to think things like, okay, compassion, hoax, appreciation. And it might be really hard to find your positive words because when you are in a negative emotion, it is really difficult to do this. But I want you to think about what you felt when you sat there for at least five minutes and embodied and accepted and devoted your time to that negative, difficult, hard energy. And you will find at least, I guarantee you, because I have done this exercise before this podcast because I have made my notes for this podcast, but I guarantee you will find a minimum of three because I did. And they came straight into my head. And I wasn't even feeling those emotions at the time, but I was able to think, okay, what do these negative words give me in contrast you know what is that trying to tell me so going back to sadness you know if I am writing down the words compassion hugs appreciation that means you know what what I really need right now or what I really need going forward is compassion that's self compassion compassion from others I need hugs so I need oxytocin I need endorphins I need to feel loved I need to energize my feel-good hormones I need to be appreciated I need a bit of validation I need somebody to just boost my confidence and self because I'm feeling really low. So they're the kind of things when I say write down some positive words. And I have done this for the other emotions as well. So, oops. Sorry about that. I um cut myself off, but I don't think I did. I'm back again. So I have done that for the other emotions as well. And I'm just going to list those. These are my positive words that I wrote for all of the difficult emotions that I'm going to talk about today. And again, you will choose different words to me, but this is how I did it. So fear for me is the positive words that come from fear is expansion, safety, challenge, as I've said, sadness, compassion, hooks, appreciation, grief, love, belonging, a celebration. And when I say that, I'm talking about if you're grieving for somebody or something, you want to celebrate what that person meant to you or what that thing meant to you. Anger. This is self-compassion. It's power. It's integrity. It's strength. It's passion. Confusion. It's all about clarity, truth, authenticity, Honesty and loneliness, that's trying to tell us about compassion, uniqueness, oneness, embodiment and peace. Jealousy, which is about judgment of yourself or others. The positive connotations of jealousy as a hard emotion is love, beauty, pride, confidence, passion. And guilt, again pride, standards, care, fairness, empowerment. So as you can see, what I've done there I've taken some really icky, negative, hard, difficult emotions and I've re-engineered them to say, okay, they, when they're in me, when I'm feeling those, they're the kind of messages they're actually telling me. They're the things that are actually important to me. Yes, I need to understand what the negative aspects of those emotions are. I need to sit with that pain, pain as well, but I also need to sit with the beauty of those emotions and the message that they are bringing to me. So once you've done this, what I then want you to do is recolor your negative emotions based on your positive words. So I have done this as follows. So with fear, it was black and I chose expansion, safety and challenge and I re-engineered the colour of fear to orange. With sadness, I chose grey. And my words, compassion, hugs, appreciation, I've re-engineered sadness to the colour yellow. Grief. This was black for me. But with the positive words that I've associated with grief, love, belonging, celebration, I've actually recolored grief as pink. Anger and rage. That was a red for me. But with the positive words of self-compassion, power, integrity, strength and passion, I've managed to call this purple. So I've managed to color this purple. Confusion was dark blue. And with my positive words of clarity, truth, authenticity, and honesty, it's now a beautiful aqua blue, just like the sea. Loneliness, that was a grey color for me. But if I think about the positive words of compassion, uniqueness, oneness, embodiment, peace, I'm giving that a lovely colour green. And then jealousy and envy, which I'd given a dark green colour, but with my positive words of love, beauty, pride, confidence, passion, I am giving that a solid red. <laughs> and guilt, which for me was a blue colour, okay? And with my positive words of pride, standards, care, fairness and empowerment, oh my gosh, that is gold. So, I have now got my new colours for all of my negative, hard, difficult, icky, yucky emotions. So fear is orange, sadness is yellow, grief is pink, anger and rage is purple, confusion is aqua blue, loneliness is green, jealousy or envy is red and guilt is gold. Okay so already I hope you can see that what I'm doing with these emotions is I'm turning them into a really positive statement in my life. I am seeing the power in the message. So again this is how I have done it. You can go away and do these exercises for yourself with your own colour scheme and actually I encourage you to do that because you need to go through the process of recolouring them with your own colours and um You know, I feel that if you were to step into this place and give your difficult um, emotions a new lease of life, you are easily going to embrace them a lot more. I mean, you could even go so far as to put a chart up on your wall in your office or your bedroom or wherever you hang out. And basically, you know, when you feel those emotions, you can have... A grey next to sadness, and you can have an orange next to sadness, and you can say to yourself, I am going to sit here right now and I am going to take myself from grey to orange. And I am allowing myself 30 minutes of time to focus on my sadness emotion and make myself orange around my sadness. Okay. And I have got a little hack here. Well, actually, three little things that you can do for each of those emotions to try and counterbalance the hardness and the difficulty of those emotions. So I'll run through them for you. And again, you can choose other activities, but these are just off the top of my head. Things that I, they they actually tie into the positive words that I gave around these different emotions. So I will run through what I suggest you do if you are feeling any of these difficult emotions to try and turn it into a positive. So if you are feeling fear, you want to eradicate or... Not eradicate, but you want to reduce the intensity of this feeling. So by doing these three steps or by doing any one of these three steps, you can actually change your fear into power. So first of all, you want to find a safe person and be with them, because sometimes when we're feeling fear, we don't feel safe. So find somebody who makes you feel safe. It could be a family member, a partner, your child, a work colleague, a best friend, but just go and spend time with them and feel safe. Secondly, you can think back to a challenge that you overcame and let your body congratulate you for doing that. So, for example, you might want to punch the air. You might want to give yourself a hug or you might want to do a happy dance. Even if you don't have the capacity to do any of those things because you're in public or just because you're not feeling able to physically. If you think back to a challenge that you overcame, you will still feel some good vibes in your body. And then thirdly for fear, journal on what expansion you'd receive if you were to face into the fear that you're currently feeling. So what would that give you? What message or gift or lesson would that give you if you faced your fear? Okay, so sadness. Nobody likes to be sad. It's a really hard emotion and, you know, sometimes we cannot see the message in sadness. But when it strikes, you can give yourself time to cry So, you know, it's I've read this in articles for different emotions and it's about giving yourself a little bit of set time to do this. So I would say set yourself a timer, whatever works for you. It could be five minutes. It could be half an hour. You might think, God, I need two hours. I'm so sad. Allow yourself to cry or mope. Allow yourself. I've, I've actually seen this for worry. I haven't covered worry today, but I've actually seen this for worry. Set yourself a worry time or write yourself three worries before bed so that um, they're out of your head and they're not in your head at bedtime. Um, but yeah, set yourself this time to cry and then break that time by finding something that actually will make you smile or laugh. Now, I've suggested an online joke because I find some crash jokes really funny and even if I'm not happy it will crack a smile on my face or you might have something like a little meme or something that you've saved down or it might be like a little video from a family member I've got a few from my nephews that always crack me up and it will naturally create a break in your tears it will naturally create a break in your sadness so set your alarm and then find something that actually gives you a reason to smile at the end force that smile and just do it to break the sadness Another thing you can do with sadness is get or give some hugs with a person or a pet if you don't have anybody around. Secondly, if you don't have anyone around and you don't have a pet, then hug yourself. Like, there's nothing wrong with actually giving yourself a hug. I have found myself doing it on a few occasions where I'm sad. I've realised that I've got my arms wrapped around me and I've kind of felt, you know, I I needed that. I must have needed a hug and I've naturally gone to hug myself. So, you know, when you're sad, you do need affection Um, to some extent and some people you know don't want affection from others they might want it from their animal but animals you know are great for mood, great for lifting um, sadness so definitely get time hugging or being with persons or a pet and if not hug yourself then what I want you to do again these are in no particular order um, write down 20 things in your journal that automatically make you happy or happier potentially when you're sad, but they don't have to be when you're sad. So you might say, okay, one thing that makes me really happy is opening my curtains and seeing a blue sky and a beautiful sunshine. Okay, instantly that's going to lift your mood because you're feeling into that feeling of happiness. Another thing that makes me happy is buying gifts for people. So again, I'm going to write that on my list. Another thing that makes me happy is actually having hooks with my cat. So I'm going to write that on my list. Another thing that makes me happy is laughter, like deep belly laughter. So I'm going to write that. So you can see I'm going into 20 things that make me laugh. I've only listed four. And by the time I've written those 20 things, even though I might be feeling sad still, I'm definitely not going to be as sad. But you know what? Sadness is telling you is a message. So don't ignore it. I'm not saying these cancel out your emotions but what they do is they fuel that message that's giving you that you need to yeah that you need to kind of almost like listen to what this negative emotion is telling you or this difficult emotion so grief grief is a really difficult one because you might be grieving over someone that you've lost you might be grieving over an end of a relationship you might be grieving over your past self you might be grieving over a lost job and you know ultimately Grief can sometimes be forced upon you. It's not something that you might have a choice in. Um, So I would say one of the best things you can do when you're feeling grief is write down at least 10 things that you are grateful for in this right now moment. So grief is a horrible emotion. Gratitude is a lovely emotion. And actually, if you can switch for just 10 seconds 10 minutes to just list down these 10 things that you are grateful for in this right now moment gratitude will definitely change your outlook okay put on a playlist that allows you to celebrate or remember the person or the situation that you're grieving about in a positive light so this is about celebrating that person or that thing and feeling happy and good and glad so let's say you've lost a family member you know The most important thing is that you remember everything that that person gave to you and you'll never probably, you know, escape from some of this grief. But, you know, if you can try to imagine that every time you get this feeling of grief, you're going to remember all of the amazing things about this person or all of the amazing things that you have from this situation that was so good in your life that you've now lost. Focus on that because, you know, again, it's creating positive neuroplasticity in the brain it's re-engineering your thought processes to go from this being trapped in negative to moving into some more positive it's not eradicating the feeling because grief is there for a reason but it's about trying to find some light in the dark and then the other thing as well you might want to do when you're feeling a lot of grief is be around loved ones and actually do something to them to let them know that you care like an act of kindness. So, you know, you might be feeling really down and feeling like grief stricken and you might say, look, I, I'd i love to spend some time with you. Um, why don't you come over and I'm going to cook us some food or can I come around and see you and then take them a surprise cake? It actually happened to me um, the other night. I had a bit of a upsetting weekend for one reason or another. And I met a friend who I'm in a coaching group with at the moment and I hadn't seen her since I worked with her 10 years ago. And I was so happy that I was going to see her because we she's a lovely person and I really needed some time to make me feel yeah a little bit happier and um she also wanted a bit of time we we wanted to chat through some stuff and she brought me a box of cakes and I was like this is so nice i just felt automatic love. Now it wasn't me that took the cakes to her but I guess what I'm saying is that act of kindness obviously will have also worked in her favour because we automatically feel good when we do something good for others. So if you are going through a situation where you're feeling some kind of grief then actually acts of kindness to others is a really important thing to do and they are at any time not just through situations of grief. Now anger. A lot of people Um, you know, villainize anger, and they say that anger is a bad thing. And if it's channeled in the wrong way, then of course it can, you know, if anger creates reckless behavior and creates, you know, um, uh, you know, release of rage towards others, beings, you know, or even buildings or, you know, anything, basically, that's not a good thing. However, Anger is usually in your body for a reason. It's because you're not feeling good about something and you need to express that. So my first recommendation, if you're going through a situation where you feel very angry, is journal, just free journal on why your feelings are valid right now, okay? And, um, you know, you can just write down whatever you want. And then what I really want you to do after you've journaled that is write what I'm classing as a fuck you letter. And I want you to say fuck you to whatever it is or whatever it was that has made you angry, okay? So you want to write that fuck you letter. You want to write all of the reasons why that person has pissed you off, okay? And don't hold back. Say whatever you need. And then with that letter, you're just going to burn it. Or you're just going to tear it up and throw it in the bin. Or you're just going to let it float off into a river, so you're basically just going to get rid of that letter, but you're going to write fuck you to whoever or whatever the situation is that's made you angry. And you're going to leave no stone unturned. Get that anger out, because when you're feeling anger, it's to do with um, you feeling that you've not been treated fairly. So you need to you know, express that. And... You might then want to find a song that embodies your anger and dance it out. So, you know, you, you know, there's plenty of songs out there with swear words in. There's plenty of songs out there about being strong. There's plenty of songs out there about being independent. There's plenty of strong songs out there about getting over a breakup. You want to find that song and you want to dance it out. And basically when I say dance it out, I'm talking like a tribal dance. I'm not talking like, oh, let's do a soft sway. I'm talking like, fuck shit up kind of dance and you can use that anger for rage I mean it might even be like you want to get Metallica on or you want to you know you want to get a heavy hip-hop song and you just want to go fucking crazy right and that's fine get your best Nicki Minaj on and give a middle finger because basically that's what I want you to do I want you to embody that rage and anger and dance it out get it out of your system because that's kind of somatically moving it through the body and then what I want you to do is find a little bit of calm so I want you to do a five to 10 minutes of breath work and meditation because the one thing that anger will do is it will move our body into fight or flight. So our nervous system will change a lot of our physiology and our breathing will get much more shallow because we are ready for either a fight or to run away so our body changes all of its physiology to get us ready for that and when that's happening it can create quite a lot of like maybe anxiety and shortness of breath and just stress in the body and so what I want you to do once you've done all these things once you've written the fuck you letter once you've done the dance I want you to do five to ten minutes of breath work and meditation in whatever order you desire. So you might say, Well, I'm just going to do two minutes of breath work and then an eight minute meditation. I'm literally going to do eight minutes of breath work and I'm just going to do two minute silent meditation. Um or you might do a combined breath work and meditation for five minutes or ten minutes. But you choose because that's going to bring down your um I guess the kind of the the body physiology that you don't want to stay in for too long because you don't want raised cortisol and adrenaline because obviously that can, over time, that can create dysfunction in the body. Okay. Confusion. So when confusion strikes, you, wanna, you want clarity. Okay. So I have a lovely exercise that was actually passed on to me by my coach. Um, and it's a brilliant exercise. And it's called The Four Questions by Byron Katie, the work of Byron Katie. And basically the questions are, When you're thinking about a situation and you're making kind of an assumption about something, you want to question and journal on or even think about if you don't have a journal is, is it true? So what you're thinking about that's causing you confusion, is it true? Because you might be confused because you don't know. So you need to really get into some critical analysis. Is it true? Then go even deeper. Can you absolutely know it's true? Because you might think it's true, but do you know for sure? Like, if there's any reason why it might not be true, then you can't absolutely know it's true. Then, how do you react when you know that thought? So when you know that something might not actually be true, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel even more angry? Does it make you feel calm? And then who would you be if you didn't actually have this thought? So it's almost like taking a piece of confusion drilling down and then actually throwing it away because confusion can just lead to so much dysregulation and so much kind of challenge around our thoughts. Then I want you to take your journal out or your phone or whatever and I want you to journal on the options for the either or and the outcome. So if you're confused or somebody's making you confused and you're feeling this like major kind of Stress in your body because you just don't know what's right and what's wrong, or what you should or shouldn't do. Then write down what your options are that either or. So I could do this, or I could do this, or they might have meant this, or meant this. And then write down what would happen for each of those outcomes. So if one thing was true, or the other thing was true, what that allows you to do is actually remove any confusion because even though you might not know what's true at this moment in time, you're actually working on. Options for all eventualities. So you're actually doing a little bit of kind of risk mitigation, you're kind of preparing yourself for um things that may or may not happen, but you're actually doing a little bit of prep work on this. And then what you can do to avoid confusion, because the one thing that confusion does is create um rumination, overthinking and you stay in your head and you actually don't always come up with the right conclusion. Sometimes you just want to find somebody else and talk it over for another perspective. So I would recommend that's what you do because actually you might want to talk to 3 or 4 because I've done that canvassing opinions or crowdsourcing opinions is a great way to work out whether you're in the minority or the majority with the way that you're thinking about something. Um, I've had a situation recently and I crowdsourced from friends and family what their take was on the situation and actually their take was the same as mine. So in the end, I didn't feel any confusion. I felt quite a lot of clarity because I was like, well, you know, I could understand then if I was in the wrong or if I was getting this wrong or if I was understanding or misunderstanding the message. But I actually wasn't. I was receiving it the same way other people did, which then made me understand that actually I wasn't getting confused. I was potentially being confused. And that's the difference. So again, it's about looking at that. And then three more to go. So this is a little bit of a long one today, but I really hope this is going to help you with negative emotions or hard emotions. Loneliness. Loneliness is a horrible, 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 hard feeling. And um, there are so many ways that you can move away from this. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it, but you can. So first of all, let's twist. Let's twist the loneliness around as a benefit. So what are the 20 benefits? Journal this down, write a list of 20 benefits that come from having freedom from the constraints and the pressures of others. So I went through a period of feeling really lonely at one point in my, I think it was like in my early 40s. And um I felt lonely because like I couldn't, you know, I felt like I've got no one to travel with and I never have anyone to go to the theatre with and all the things that I love to do. And it was partly because, you know, changing situation, I'd come out of a relationship. We had mutual friends. And then also some of my friends had moved on uh, with their own families and their own children and their own other new groups of friends, because that's kind of what happens when you've been in a relationship. And, you know, I then started to actually travel on my own. I started to go to the theatre on my own and I actually really enjoyed it. And I was a bit like, actually, you know what? Being lonely and doing things on your own isn't actually that bad. Now, there's a difference between embracing that and trying to embrace it when you are genuinely feeling down and very, very lonely. So at this stage, all I'm suggesting you do is just try and find 20 benefits that might come from having the freedom from the constraints and the pressures of others. And if you're finding that hard, maybe you can do a flip the switch on. Okay, when you've been in scenarios where you've had to put somebody else before yourself or where you've had to involve other people in your life, um, what, you know, just fa- think of times when that's been hardship and then, you know, flip that round. Okay. So if, you know, if like one of the things, for example, was, um, having to, um, I don't know I'll give you a good example I went on holiday with a friend once and she wanted to get up at the crack of dawn and go to the gym and I found that really frustrating because she wanted me to go with her and it was tiring and it wasn't what I wanted to do on holiday and it created a bit of animosity so if I was looking at that as an example I would flip that round, and I would say okay well one of the benefits from having freedom from the constraints and pressures of others is working on my own time scales working to my own agenda so that's an example. Another task you can do is sit with yourself, meditate on all the amazing qualities that you bring into the world. So think about your uniqueness and think about what makes you able to stand your own on your own and not need anyone around you to consolidate what makes you so fucking good. Like live in that moment and breathe in that moment and believe in yourself and just meditate on that. Again, you might want to do a guided meditation or you might want to do a silent meditation or you could journal it. So do whatever works for you. And then another thing that I'm suggesting, which, again, might be really hard if you're lonely, if you're hot, if you're really struggling with loneliness. But if you can really try and push yourself, because, again, it's about getting out of your comfort zone. Take yourself on a solo date. Go somewhere that's busy and love on yourself. So I would say put your nicest clothes on. Um, do your hair, do your makeup, um, put on some nice perfume or aftershave um, and you know, literally go to a place that you love to go to but go somewhere where it's busy so you don't really feel like you're on your own and then afterwards go and find somewhere peaceful either to sit or to lie in tranquility and just be with the power of one and just sit there and think wow the contrast of being around all those people in a busy place And this tranquility I've now got being on my own. And just see how that feels. Just sit with it and let it, yeah, let it manifest in your body. Jealousy. So jealousy. How do we deal with jealousy? It's a tough emotion because it can really bring up other ones as well, like sadness, like anger. But I want you to, when you feel jealousy, I want you to sit down and journal on 10 achievements that you have made it can either be in your life it can be in the last year put whatever timescale works for you and then I want you to do 10 qualities that you bring to the table and then I want you to write 10 compliments that you've either received as a one-off if they come to your mind or 10 regular things that you hear from others okay and then I want you to read over those lists and think about what you bring to the table Because that's putting the focus back on you rather than the envy or the jealousy on somebody else. And then I want you to go and spend time doing something that is in your element. It's you at your highest. It's you in your best self. And I want you to go and do that activity and celebrate your ability to do that with pride. So that might be going for a run and, you know, getting a great time. It might be going into the kitchen and baking your best ever cheesecake. Okay, it might be going and doing a day's work where you have to deliver a presentation and smashing it. But I want you to go and spend time doing something that makes you feel the best version of yourself. And then some mirror work. So this is where you can actually actively praise yourself and feel in love with yourself and try to eradicate any negative feelings towards anyone else or towards yourself because you feel that maybe you don't stack up as good as somebody else or someone's made you feel like that. So with the mirror work, I want you to stand in the mirror. This is all about self-love. And I want you to say to yourself five affirmations that are based around positive statements that start with, I love you because. So for example, you can say, I love you because you always get back up when you fall down. I love you because you have a great sense of style. I love you because you have a radiating energy that people always compliment you on. So this is kind of where I'm going. And you need to make some statements that work for you. And then the final one, last but not least, guilt. Now, guilt is a really awful emotion. And I felt a bit of guilt recently Guilt that's been placed on me, not guilt that I felt, but guilt can also be when you've done something where you feel guilty towards somebody. So again, how can you eradicate this? I want you to journal on five times in your life when you've helped somebody else for zero gain. So we've all done it we're all we've all got we, we unless we're a sociopath, we've all got levels of altruism in us, and we will all do things for other people for zero gain, like for example, you know you give something to a homeless person, you're not gonna get anything from it. I've helped somebody who was blind once get onto a bus and he spoke to me the whole journey and I actually felt really sorry for him. I helped him get off the bus and when he got off the bus he couldn't actually understand where he needed to get to so I walked him down the street. I didn't get anything from that. I didn't want anything from it but he did it, you know. So think about those five times in your life and you've helped someone for zero gain. That's really going to move you away from guilt. List all your standards in the area where the guilt has occurred. So if it's in work, if it's relationships, if it's with your health, if it's with your family... List all of your standards so that you can stop feeling guilty because you can draw meaning from the way that you made that decision. So you've made a decision or you've acted on something that is aligned to your standards and that will try to help you eradicate this feeling of guilt that you are currently experiencing or that somebody might be making you feel. And then finally, Again, last but not least, I want you to spend time in your body and out of your head. So when you're guilty, you can berate yourself a lot. Or when someone's making you feel guilty, you will go over and over and over the situation in your head and overthink, I'm guilty of this. So ideally, to get out of that, you need to move into your body. So you can do this by a simple Things such as dancing, fitness, sport, just doing something where you feel empowered and ed- endorsed by your own choices. So you're making choices that you don't feel guilty about. You're making choices that align to something that makes you feel amazing. So I have done a 50 minute masterclass today and I thought this was only going to be 30 minutes, but there's obviously a lot to be said literally about hard emotions and how we can use these as fuel. So I really hope that this um, episode has helped you deal with hard emotions because honestly as I say every episode I feel these too we all do gosh we wouldn't be human if we didn't feel them but we can use these as messages we can use these as a force for good so on that note I am gonna love you and leave you as always if you would love to connect on any of this please do DM me or please book in a calendar call and we might be able to see if we can work together on some one-to-one coaching. And also please, you know, subscribe to this podcast, share, download, you know, the usual blurb. Um, But please do benefit from this because this is a podcast to help you move forward in life and to call on when you need it. So when you're having a tough time, I'm always going to be here for you. All right, I'm sending you so much love. Have an amazing few weeks and I will speak to you again very soon. All right, take care. Bye.